Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and we have our co-host Logan Stump. What's going on? And Matt Hargrove. Hey there. One of them is very excited and one of them is very not. <laughs> so we will get into that uh, news as we get into it. But first we'll start with our transfers as always. Got a little bit of a Havertz update. Uh, as reported by Christian Falk of The Build. Havertz failed to turn up to Bayer Leverkusen's mandatory performance checks on Sunday afternoon ahead of a return to team training on Monday. The kicker suggests that silence from Havertz representatives and the Germany international failing to attend fitness tests is perhaps the biggest indication that his move to the Premier League club is imminent. Uh, Havertz has completed two tests for coronavirus in Leverkusen on Friday and Saturday, which both returned negative allowing the 21-year-old to join up with his international teammates on Monday uh, because they are starting the uh, UEFA Nations League starting this Thursday. Um, you know, several reports uh, say that both clubs are reaching agreement for about a 100 million euro transfer, which includes the bonuses, and it'd be a five-year contract with Chelsea for Havertz. So uh, they keep saying that this is going to be happening quite soon, but I'm pretty sure we heard this about a week ago too. So let's just keep an eye out for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weston McKinney. Uh, we've been talking all these teams he's been linked with and out of left field, Juventus make the move for him. I think the day after the whole messy saga, I was like, should I record another one of these? <laughs> like a McKinney minute or something because it it was like big news like the next day. And I was like, Oh geez, no, I'll wait. I'll just wait. But it looks like it's going to be a loan move that uh, is to get around financial fair play regulations and that they will, uh, that Juventus is very high on him. And uh, all he has to do is play a certain amount of games and it kicks in that they automatically have to do the buy, the buyout clause instead of just a loan. Let's talk about this for a second before we move on to Van de Beek, I guess. Weston McKinney to Juventus. Let's not forget, Pirlo has never managed a game in his life. Uh, he's their new manager. Ronaldo might want out. Uh, what is your thoughts on Weston McKinney moving to Juventus? Remember their midfield, you know, they're trying to get rid of Aaron Ramsey. They're, they made a swap deal. Right for um, Pianic going over to Barca, and they're getting Arthur, and they have a few other players. But it, it, it's for me not a big fan of this move. I guess we'll see how it goes when we actually see him start playing. My whole worry about it being alone is that there's just so little money on the line for Juventus that they can pretty much back out of this if they you know, for some reason don't want to, is this something that Pirlo wants or is this just something the board wants? We don't really know what's going on in, in their mind. I I think it's a little worrisome that uh, he's probably fourth or fifth on their depth chart at this point. Matt, your thoughts on McKinney over to Juventus. Uh, Pretty, pretty similar to yours, Jordan. It, it's not, it was very out of uh, left field. I really don't see how Juventus was a team that maybe even required somebody like him. So there is a bit of fear that maybe they're just going for the big USA name right now to throw in a little bit of fandom over here. 
Uh, but it it just seems too big a move too soon for a player of his caliber. I, I fully agree with what you were saying prior about him being somebody who, you know, maybe a, a slightly upper tier German side would have been a good move. That would have probably been a solid play for him. But Juventus, I watched it happen with Emre Chan and, you know, I, I think he's at a better, he was a better player when he went to Juventus and Aaron Ramsey is a better player than Weston McKinney. And neither of those Agreed. guys got playing, got playing time. Uh, Emre Chan spent maybe a year or so. He was left off champions league roster. And now I was at Dortmund where he is getting to play. Um, you have, uh, wow, I just blanked. <laughs> um, Aaron Ramsey has already been apparently told that he can also leave the team. Now, now is that just because the former manager wanted these guys and, you know, Pirlo doesn't want these guys and he's building his own midfield? It could be. But those are two better players who didn't get playing time. And you really would like to see McKinney get playing time to see what he can develop into. And it's just not. You know, we could, it could be completely wrong, and maybe he starts in midfield for Juventus, and he ends up becoming the next big USA sensation, maybe better than Pulisic. But I just don't see how it's going to work out unless Pirlo is the one that maybe spearheaded the move. This is all, maybe Pirlo sees him and goes, "I want this guy on my team. He's going to start on my team, and he's going to be a big." big player for us. I, I know he plays a little bit more of the defensive midfield role. So could he be the one that starts there? It could happen. We'll have to wait and see because I, they don't have a lot in their midfield right now, um, especially after they released, um, what was his name? Kadira? Kadira. You know, they released him. Um, he swapped. I, they did bring in Arthur from from Barcelona, which I, I think is already one of their main cogs gonna be in their midfield. So is he going to get a lot of playing time? I just don't see it happening. And I, it, it's a little d- disappointing to see it happen, to, to see him go there. And I know it's really exciting if you're a USA fan and you're thinking Juventus and, oh man, like that's one of the top, probably top five teams in Europe. But it's just, I, I don't see it going well. And I, I see him gone either after a year of his loan or he just ends up not with Juventus and he ends up with a mid-tier German side again. Before we get to you, Logan, just some some stats here. When we look at their midfielders' uh, starts here, uh, Matuidi, who left for Miami, had about 23 starts. Uh, Ravio had 21 starts, but people said he was uh, pretty much their best player uh, coming back from the break, Aaron Ramsey had 11 starts. Kadira had nine starts. Uh, so, I mean, he'll get some games with the rotations here. Looks like Chan had uh, two starts. Is he still on, Was he still on there that year? Or is this a different year that I'm looking at here? No, he, it says, it says this January, year. January, I believe. Okay. I believe he was a, yeah, he was a January signing for Dortmund, I, I believe. So he played eight times. John, and then uh, two of those were starts. Um, yeah, and if they're bringing in like Arthur, uh, that that's kind of, uh, and then oh yeah, they also have uh, Bentaker, who's uh, uh, twenty-two years old, and he started twenty-five games. So I mean, it seems like they do rotate. It's just, you know, he was somebody that was playing pretty much every minute, uh, or you know, a lot for Schalke, uh, no matter what position he was playing in. As frustrating as that was. And I think I said, you know, a few weeks ago when we were talking about Weston McKinney uh, that I wanted him to go somewhere where he's actually going to play and start, that this seems like a little bit of a step backward. Yes, he's going to learn from Pirlo, right, who's one of the best midfielders ever. Uh, people said he's going to learn from Ronaldo. I don't even know if Ronaldo's talking to this kid <laughs> on his team at all. I mean, Ronaldo is kind of off in his own world, I feel like. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I I think McKinney at times is a little bit uh, overrated when it comes to the U.S. side. So I think that it is a little worrying that he's making this big uh, jump this early. He just turned 22. 
But I, I guess we'll find out. Hopefully he proves us wrong. That, that's all I can hope is hopefully he proves us wrong and goes to Juventus, succeeds, and we have all these great players at all these top clubs. Logan's, uh, Logan, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, looking at looking at the stats and minutes played, <clears throat> I mean, you got to be concerned uh, as far as I, I know they rotate people in and out, and you guys were talking about that. But if you do look at it, I mean, he does kind of look like that fifth option. Um, I mean, these guys are logging – 1800 minutes 1900 minutes 20 um it, it just becomes a point i think and, and when he's playing so i mean he logged 2200 i think um no 20 uh so i mean when he's logging almost close to 2100 minutes that's you know that's a that, that might be a big drop off uh for a kid that needs just experience and exposure um i would be as a U.S. fan, I mean, I'm concerned about the playing time that he is going to get. Uh, obviously, like you said, Jordan, he's got a good mentor in Pirlo, but I just don't know. Like, like is it really good for you to jump from that situation in Schalke to Juventus, where he's just going to sit and collect money? And and I can speak on this. Like, it, I mean, City's got guys that that are just log jammed back behind people, and it just becomes a waste. Um, and then those guys tend to like fizzle out i mean you see them go off to random clubs that just kind of get by because they sit behind somebody for so long so yeah i'd I'd be concerned about about the move right and i mean the big question mark is how pirlo is as a manager is this something that's going to happen where he flames out real quick they ditch him and then the next manager's not a mckinney fan you know that that's my worry for it is is an unstable club right now uh that is my my main concern with with mckinney moving uh, let's move on to Manchester United have agreed a fee, according to reports, with Ajax for Donny van de Beek. Uh, I, I've seen two different reports. I've seen forty million uh, pounds uh, and forty-five million euros, but I've also saw forty million euros plus bonuses. So I'm not sure which one's correct. Um, uh, the announcement is expected early next week. I think they mean this week, as we're in Sunday now. Um, Matt says he doesn't see him starting. I really don't know much about Van de Beek at all. Uh, Matt, do you have any, do you know much about him or, or where he would slot in for, for Manchester United? I uh, I have a little, a, a little knowledge of him. I know he is more of an attacking mid on Ajax, which I think is where it, it's hard to see where he's going to play in the, United midfield because you've already have Fernandez as more of the attacking mid. So I, I don't know if those two really play at the same time. And if they do play at the same time, I don't think Pogba is playing because you're going to need someone more of a, a Matic or McTominay, I believe is how you did that guy's last name on United. Both of them are a little bit more defensive. So you would have to put at least one of them on there. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, He's a really he's a well known FIFA name. Um, if you play FIFA and want you know a, a young developmental midfielder from Ajax, he is the next in the line of Ajax midfielders. But in all honesty, I, I I believe if you had to take a player off that team, I think Chelsea got the better one with uh, Zajic. He's he's a good player. It's just it it just seems like they're adding to a position they don't need he's not he's not a winger so he's not the sancho type that they wanted and he's not a defender so he's not going to help with any issues on the left or right with their uh juan basaka or shaw so it it just seems like they're adding to add a player more than adding a player that's gonna put them any further ahead than what they are right now Logan, any thoughts on Van de Beek before we move on to <laughs> Messi? No, I, I I was looking at some of his stats just because I didn't know much about him. Um, people are impressed with him. I think that he's got some talent as far as central mid. And some of the Twitter writers think that he he starts anywhere but Chelsea and Man City from what I've gathered from a couple of the guys that know of him and said that – with United the way it is right now, he says that they think they that he slots in uh, in one of those starting eleven positions. So I don't know, something interesting to watch it for sure. 
All right, so you guys haven't had a chance yet for any of this messy talk. I went on a 13-minute conversation with myself on this, uh, on what day ever it was, Wednesday. Uh, so just some updates from what we talked about last time, uh, or what I talked about last time, is uh, Messi, all those rumors were circulating right around the time at the end of the 8-2 game and uh, at the end of the Champions League final as well. And it seems like on Wednesday of last week, he had submitted um, a fax that, uh, you know, is a time delivery, a borough fax, as it's called, that, uh, let, you know, it's to make sure that they know that they have received it. And that uh, that he is trying to, he has a clause in his contract that lets him out at the end of the season for free. So, uh, to catch us up on where we stand, because Barcelona was saying that that doesn't take effect anymore because it expired on June 10th, Messi's thought process is, well, June 10th, we were still, you know, playing the season or not even back from the season yet due to COVID, so it's an end-of-the-season type of deal. This is an update from Gilliam. I, I can never say his last name. Balot, Balot, uh Okay, I'm not even going to try. From Gilliam, you, you probably know who he is. You follow him on <laughs> Twitter. Uh, he's got a million followers. Look him up. Uh, there's a clause in Messi's contract that says that the $700 million buyout clause does not apply from the end of the 2019 to 2020 season when the player can decide to end the contract unilaterally. So what they're stating is, is that that expired when the season of uh, when the season ended uh, at, at you know at the Champions League final, is that now there's no longer a 700 million buyout clause that he can leave for free. He just needs to send in his fax, and he can tell them he's leaving for free. Some more updates: Messi has not gone to the test uh, this morning for the coronavirus, as he said in his recorded delivery of the 25th of August, he isn't a Barcelona player anymore, and he won't go to training tomorrow. In his eyes, and legally, he thinks he's in the right and a free player right now. Kind of the same situation from Wednesday. Now, somebody must have leaked out this story as well, because today they made it sound like this little kid was waiting for Messi to show up and get his autograph, and I'm like, Dude, your parents should have told you Messi ain't coming. <laughs> it's just a, it's just to make Messi look bad. It really is. So he thinks he's not at war with the club because he's just not a player anymore. After using his rights that were in his contract, but he would still like a friendly exit agreement. Bartomeu, the Barcelona president, would be willing to sit down with Jorge Messi, who is Messi's agent and I guess his father, or I'm not sure, uh, doesn't specify. Barcelona insists that the 700 million euros buyout clause still remains and that the contract in place is exactly the same as last season with the same conditions, the same buyout clause. No clause changes that. And the president will not sit with Messi until he is, uh, unless he is to renew his contract. Gilliam says that there's two options from here. If the 700 million buyout clause is not applicable for this season, as it's reported by uh, C.K. Rodriguez, Leo can insist he's going for free, but he would rather negotiate something. Or secondly, if Barcelona does not want to talk, he could tear up the contract, except the club would take him to court, and then it is up to the judge on whether the judge could award a penalty much lower than the $700 million, perhaps even two figures. Right? So, I mean, this could actually work out in, in its favor. FIFA, meanwhile, would give the international transfer clearance for Leo Messi to move to another country and club and play straight away. The question is whether City, PSG, Juve, and Inter would even risk the potential of the penalty that's much higher than the $700 million if they rule uh, you know, in favor of Barcelona. It could be millions, but two figures, so they much... Uh, so it says here, so likely much less than $100 million, uh, which they could all afford, but that means they would all be back with a chance to get them with City still at the forefront. But in court, strange things have happened, and it is a delicate step, is how Gilliam puts it. Messi's lawyers are actually surprised that the club is not aware that the end of the buyout clause has existed because Barcelona renewed uh, Messi's contract for three plus one years 
and the plus one was an exceptional agreement by which Messi could leave with no compensation, just like Xavi and Iniesta did. Uh, so after Jorge Messi told uh, Bartomeu that Leo wasn't going to go to the test and that he's not a player anymore, the conversation was leaked to the media, and uh, to make and this all makes Messi think that he is even more convinced that he has taken the right steps. Now, that was around 12 hours ago, all of this thread, okay? Since then, we also have reports now that City is ready to make Messi and offer him 100 million euros a season pre-tax, and he would get about just under a million per week after taxes. That's that's more than he's what he's making at Barcelona. Uh, and he would be comfortably the Premier League's top paid player. And then that's not it either. He would get an extra 250 million euros bonus that would be given to Messi at the end of the three-year mark to get around the financial fair play. And it would be given to him when he makes the move to New York rather than up front. So... I know I just threw a lot at you there, but since it is about Logan's club, we'll go to him last. Matt, your thoughts on this whole messy situation? No pun intended. <laughs> uh, it's uh, see, I I know both of you guys have kind of mentioned that you, it just seems weird to see it end on a bad way, and you know Barcelona fighting for this release clause. It just seems like it just seems a little odd, but I I kind of I do think he is going to end up at Manchester City. Unfortunately, I don't want him to, mainly for my own personal reasons. Um, it'd be amazing to see him in the Premier League, but I I fully I'm honestly backing Barcelona to do whatever they can <laughs> to almost not not trying to <laughs> want it to be. I'm not trying to make him want them to do it as difficult as possible. But I fully understand from their viewpoint why they would like to, even if it's not the 700 million release clause, but they, they should be getting something for him. I, I do believe that in this scenario, just seeing him go on a free is not, it just seems weird because in reality, I don't think that would ever really happen with a, a player of his caliber. Ronaldo's never moved on a free. Um, even from Madrid to Juventus, there's a transfer fee involved. Wasn't as messy as all of this because <laughs> that kind of came out of nowhere when he moved. But I, I think, do I think the 700 million release clause is something they should really, really haggle over? I, I don't, but I don't also believe they should be okay if you just say go on a free. I think I do think they need to get something for them. I I think in the end it's going to be the city and it's going to be for 100, 150 million euros. But I I don't think this is going to be a, a quick. This isn't going to be a quick moving thing in my mind. This is going to take some time. I wouldn't be shocked if it takes up until October, right at the end of the transfer deadline, for all this to clear up. And it's it's a mess. I mean, even Barcelona, Barcelona's okay with Luis Suarez just sitting there. They they announced that today. They don't. They're not trying to to move him, and it doesn't sound like he's trying to go anywhere. So he's literally going to be on their books for fourteen million this year, doing nothing. So, I I don't really get your argument here <laughs> because let let's take everything at face value, right? That that Messi has structured everything the same way Xavi and Iniesta did. And that, I mean, and that the clause ended this season and that he's able to just leave on a free just because he's a good player. Doesn't mean he shouldn't be able to do that for me. I feel like he has set up his contract to do that. I guess I'm more on the side where I, I understand Barcelona trying to not prove their point that, the clause shouldn't be activated, but I guess I'm on the side of understanding why Barcelona is making it more difficult. I know that sounds bad from that viewpoint since they shouldn't be doing this with Messi and you don't want to see it end on such a poor note between the two teams, between the player and team. But 
I, I just can't, I don't know how I would handle seeing him go on a free. I know it, the way the contract structured, it should be how it, it goes. But I just, I guess I just am a little bit more on Barcelona side for trying to get it to a point where they're going to get something for the guy. I, he isn't Iniesta. He isn't Xavi. Like I, I, I guess I understand to an extent why they're doing what they're doing, even if it means it's going to ruin their their relationship. And that sounds it does sound really weird, but I don't know. I just I don't I, I just don't like the thought of him going on a free. I don't. So Matt is very not player friendly. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one, luckily I'm not the one that has to make the decision so I can just sit in the back I guess it's just it, I I don't know like the I feel like Barcelona shouldn't have signed it then if, if if I mean like I feel I like think it wasn't it was it sounds more like it was signed without the thought it would ever be a thought if that makes any sense you know well then they're like, stupid as hell if they were gonna say well we'll, we'll put this in exactly here but he'll never use it like they That's why you put stuff been, in contracts. They haven't been the smartest team, as you can, as we can all see, when it comes to what their recent signings and how their team has been set up and managed. But yeah, I mean, they shouldn't have put it in there. I guess I just, I can see why they're fighting for it. I, I think they want to get something for the guy. I don't think it's going to work. Almost if if they go based off of the contract itself. And which is probably what's going to happen because that's how it should. He will probably go on a free, but I don't know. It's I just don't want him at City. Just make it as hard <laughs> as possible. Uh, Logan, we have uh, for our listeners at home right now. I want you, Logan, to to log out of your Manchester City website where you're already buying your custom Messi jersey, and okay. give us your thoughts on. One, uh, do you think this is a lock for City, uh, or is he going somewhere else, as we'll talk about? Or uh, what are your thoughts just as a whole on on the whole situation as well? So, like, (laughs) I'm very much uh, player-friendly in this case. No, I'm kidding. Um, I I think if you look at it face value, uh, I think it really just depends. And we haven't really gotten confirmation of, like, the verbiage behind, you know, what's in the contract. Um, obviously, it's, uh, if it says, if the words are, you know, in the contract that say he can leave after the 1920 season, then I don't see how a judge could look at that and go, no, you know what, you can't, we can't go on free. Um, I think if you're looking at it like that, if it says those exact words, then I think that he does leave Barcelona for free. I think, you know, anybody that's ruling in favor of that contract um, would read that and go, I mean, it's clear. Just because Corona happens doesn't mean, you know, because I, I pose the question and, and he could pose the question, too. Well, if I would have known that, what if I would have just left in June? Right. And, and so then yeah, you they would have not it. have let. That's my point. I was talking to my dad about this earlier. And I said, so if Messi goes to them on June 10th before they start back up or right as soon as they start back up and he says, all right, I want to activate this now. They'd be like, no, no, that's intent for the end of the season, sir. You have to yes. wait. <laughs> right. It would be, I mean, it's the exact, it would be the exact, like, you can't win with this season. And I think that's why it goes. If you're taking it for face value, no matter where he's going, um, and no matter what the connections are, I think as somebody ruling over a player, like, one, you need to get rid of him no matter what. Um, it's going to cause all sorts of headache, I think, coming down the pipe. And Barcelona's going to be even more of a mess if they don't, if they just sit there with him. So I think they're going to have to get something done. I do think that if they take this to court and don't get something agreed on with him, per se, then I think he leaves for free. Um, I think, honestly, and, and you know this this is weird coming from a City fan, I, I do kind of hope what Matt's saying, that they at least get something for him. Like, I agree that I do feel like they should get some money or at least a player or somebody for him. Like, I would gladly send Bernardo Silva to them and, and say, there you go. Um, I think... You know, it, it is kind of rough because that that contract does exist like that, and and I think they knew. And I've read multiple reports that they said they knew this was coming down the pipe for like two or three years that he's been unhappy. I think it's just a matter of can they agree with Messi on something? Because if they don't, if they come away from whenever they're supposed to meet this week, um, I think if they come away from a final meeting, 
where they push Messi too far, I think this this starts to look really bad on Barcelona's side. Um, and I think Barcelona ends up losing a lot of money. I think they end up losing him completely. And, and who knows what that fractured relationship would do with fans. I, I just can't imagine the fallout from it. But again, like like you said, if, if I'm looking at it from a non-city point, I, I would hope Barcelona would get some kickback for it um, just because you're losing the, the best player of all time. Um, I'm the opposite. Really? <laughs> I want them screwed out of this completely. <laughs> if you're dumb enough to put this in the contract and just think, well, he'll never use it, you can't get mad when he uses it. Right. And if you're... If you agree to the contract, then that's the contract. And you can't just force him to stay and then try to make it paint like he's the bad guy when he's apparently since reports have been telling them since even March that he might be going. I mean, this makes n- no sense to me. On Barcelona should get nothing. They, they should get nothing. The only reason why I think City is even offering anything is because they want to get this moving as soon as possible. Right. And I, I, I mean, Barcelona doesn't want anything. They keep saying they don't even want the three players. They don't want the hundred million. And if they don't take that, they're even stupider than they look because that's all you're going to get at most. And do you do you think though? I know you mentioned that Messi's been talking to them about using it, but is his, is this more of a fallout from how bad they crash out of? the champions league does this happen if you think this happens if they go win the champions league or if was la liga was that done was that one of the ones that finished after yeah the shutdown yeah they had a shot so if if they win la liga and they win the champions league is this is this even a question anymore or is Messi at that point is he just chilling at barcelona we never even know about this clause in the contract. It's not even a, a new story. Or is this more, he saw them fizzle at the end of La Liga to their rivals. They get demolished by the best team in Europe at that point, the Bayern. You know, is this, or or is it just a, a function of the last few years? I mean, they had their issue against Roma mm-hmm. two years ago in the Champions League. They had their complete breakdown against Liverpool last year in the Champions League. So is it was the was the last straw this past year in the Champions League or was this happening in no matter what? I think it's a combination of, of a little bit. I think he was looking for a way out. I think if maybe they nab one trophy, maybe he sticks around for for next year and and just leaves at the end of his contract completely without re-signing. But I don't know. If, if he's been talking about it since March, I mean, they were in line to win at least two of these trophies by March. I feel like he would have... Uh, uh, I, I feel like he... I don't know. I feel like he could have um, left either way, really. I, I think he's just frustrated with the club as a whole. Bartomeu running the club into the ground, making these stupid moves like Griezmann that doesn't fit the team that the whole team is upset about. Coutinho, who you know scored against them on the other side and has won a Champions League, and now they have to shell out money to Liverpool. Like, I think it's this kind of stuff where he looks at it and just says, I love this club, but the current membership, the current leadership, I can't take this. I'm 33. I only have a few more years left, and I want to win some more titles. And it doesn't seem like Barcelona wants to at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They're, they're, oh, you go. Did you see the video of when he's walking over? And this is after the restart. He walks over towards like they do the hydration break, and he walks over. And they, they said there was multiple instances like this. And, and Messi's just so disconnected. He walks like left to go towards like where they were sitting. And he goes and just stands over there while the rest of them and manager just kind of looks at him like, okay, well, if you're going to be that way um, kind of thing. And I just think it first for so long, I think it's been fractured. I think it's just now, you know, it gets that breaking point of we don't win anything all season. I'm at the end of my, you know, towards the end of my career here in Europe. Um, Barcelona isn't going to be capable of winning Europe. And that's what he said he wants to do. He wants to win one more time. Before he leaves, I just don't see in the next three years 
them being able to compete with, especially because they're going to have to tear down the whole thing anyway. Um, and it seems they're going that way right now. I, I just don't see an appeal. Like when people say, oh, he'll be in Barcelona for, you know, that he'll sign. I don't see it. Like I see there's no way that, that this now, gets All big. these reputable journalists say that the, the bridge is burnt at this point and that it's not just to get them out of, you know, not just to get the president out at this point. Because even if you get him out, I mean, it's going to take a, a pretty big turnaround to get, uh, you know, decent a decent side together you know they're aging it's it's just not how it uh, it's just not good look good look for barcelona right now um moving on a little bit more with messi here uh you said he wants to win it one more time the the champions league uh city has gotten nowhere close to that psg just got to the final which one is more attractive in winning it? And if you say Manchester City, and if we even talk about Manchester City at this point, if if Pep wins it with Messi, and he hasn't ever won it without Messi, who is the real mastermind behind those wins? Logan. <laughs> so my opinion, obviously, is a little bit um, through rose-colored glasses, but I, I think... When you look at it, I think if you go step by step, City's obviously got the better chance. One, they've got more money to spend, even on top. I mean, they're still talking about uh, Koulibaly, and they're still talking about another striker, even with the talks of Messi going on. Um, they kind of told Koulibaly, like, "Hey, you know, if you if you wait and you can get, because he's trying to negotiate, because he wants to leave Napoli and he wants the wages to be, I mean, the transfer to be pulled down some so that he can leave." And I think City, you know, I think City was flying him there um, a couple of days ago before all this stuff starts happening. And I think City, you know, looks at wages and says, okay, we'll we'll wait on that for a little bit. But I just don't see where I don't see where Messi going to PSG is a bet. And I know PSG makes the final, but I think if you're looking at it, I think City's got the better opportunity. And plus, being back with Pep, being with Sergio. I think that's a big draw too. I mean, I know Neymar's really close with him, but you know, I think more appeal is with City and in Europe or in England, just because I think England's such a cool challenge for him at this point. He knows City won't flop, uh, at least in England. Um, so I think that's that's a place that he's looking at. Like, hey, at least you know, if we don't win Europe, we could win the Premier League and still beat really good teams in England. Whereas if I go to Paris. It's just going to be me and Neymar running around scoring goals all the time. And if that's what he wants, I, but I never, I never thought of him like that. I thought Ronaldo might do that. Like, I, I feel like if anybody's going to do it, Ronaldo like leans more that direction. Whereas I think Messi more of like, I, I think he just wants to be competitive on all stages. So I think he, I think he, I think he wants city. I, I think that's pretty clear um, more so than PSG. Now I will say I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say that, he will end up at City. They will win the Premier League, but they will not win in Europe. All right. Matt, your thoughts on uh, Pep and, and Messi. Does Messi even want to go back to Pep? Who, If if they win the Champions League, who, who really is? You know, Pep has never won it without uh, Messi, and Messi has won it without Pep. And if he goes there and helps Pep win it, is it really Messi all along? You know, if if he goes to City, which I, I believe does give him the better chance um, to win the Champions League, it it's clearly Messi that it's doing this. This is the exact. This is the it, this is just a extension of the argument. Can Pep actually coach a team to to do something like this? Now he could end up bringing in the greatest player of our lifetime. And if he needs the greatest player of our lifetime to come in to get him over that hump that he's already struggled to get to without without this player, then it's it's pretty clear that the only reason he can win it is Lionel Messi. And obviously, as a fan, you you do want to win the Champions League, and I don't think I don't think it would in in no way, shape, or form diminish anything for Manchester City fans. But Pep's reputation, I almost think Pep's reputation 
winning it with Messi again would slightly hurt it more than than getting knocked out in the semifinals or making it to the final without him and losing. Because at this point, you know, we've already said he can't he can't do what he can do without a huge budget and bringing in top talent. So for him to bring in the, the best talent possible that's available in the entirety of Europe to get him to that next stage, it just seems in a way, it just, it just seems like a cheat code almost. It's, That's it's what I was gonna going to say. <laughs> it's 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 like it's him going back to an ex girlfriend because you're just so comfortable and you know it's like going to be pretty successful, but in the end, you're still not going to be fully satisfied. It's like when I would have trouble playing NBA 2K, and then I'd be like, "Screw it, I'm going to play with the '96 Bulls for a bit." <laughs> like. <laughs> Just like I give it's, up. Hold on, let me grab the best team available. <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's I, as much like I do believe that's where he goes, and I think that's I think that's where he should go. I I don't think going to to uh, Paris PSG, who's already started there, that league has already started at this point, and it doesn't have the same eyes on it as the Premier League. It, he's going to go to the biggest watched league. He's going to have people watching him all the time. And it, it's going to be huge, not only for the player, but for the league and, and everything in that scenario. But I just, it, this is literally what people talk about with Pep needing these guys to, to be a, considered a phenomenal coach. And I agree. Like I, I didn't even mention my answer to, to that. I, I agree with Matt. Like it, it's, it doesn't guarantee him like it's a crutch. Like you said, Jordan way back. It's a crutch that he's leaned on his whole career. Um, you know, and I think that linkage with Barcelona, I think everything with, with Pep, it just, uh, they've won so many trophies together, but it's because they have the best player in the whole world. Um, I think when you really look at it too, I think premier league is just so convincing um, because of all the image, like I was listening to a podcast that was talking about his image rights and like how much money he gets for different things. <laughs> and they're talking about TV. They're talking about his endorsements. They're talking about his sponsorships. And they said, if he goes to Paris, he's kind of hidden in a way. If he goes to somewhere like the Premier League, everything is at the forefront. He's on TV in the, in the United States all the time. And, you know, and La Liga is kind of not really... Um, it just, I think there's so much appeal to their premier league, but again, I think Pep's going to use this as a crutch and I will never see Pep as a a successful, um, manager at Man City. All right, moving on because we got a pretty jam-packed show here. Uh, just some quick headlines here. Champions League, uh, Lyon just beat Wolfsburg today in the women's champions league to win their seventh total, uh, champions league. Um, we also had in the qualifying stages, Celtic crash out of qualifying. They lose to Ferran Savros, if I said that right. And they lost that at home 2-1 to one with the 75, uh, 75th minute game winner. Uh, pretty brutal for Celtic. They, you know, they steamroll their league. They get into Europe and then they just, uh, they don't even get to the group stage. It's pretty disappointing. Uh, the EFL Cup, which is the Carabao Cup. I uh, had some games on Saturday, Blackburn versus Doncaster, Blackburn won 3 to 2, Preston beat Mansfield 4-0, Stevenage uh versus Portsmouth, Portsmouth moved on in penalties after the game finished 3-3, and Stoke versus Blackpool finished 0-0, went to penalties and Stoke moved on. And now to our community shield review. This just happened Saturday as well. If I have our predictions right, I said 2-0 Liverpool, Logan said 2-1 Arsenal, and Matt said 3-0 Liverpool. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, I thought Matt was uh, picked Arsenal. Okay. Uh, the final was actually 1-1. One one. <laughs> Went to penalties. Uh, Rion Brewster uh, <laughs> missed his penalty. Uh, Matt, are Liverpool in trouble? Uh, okay, so I don't want to say they are. Because I I love this team. I I don't think I've ever rooted for a team that I've I've had this much enjoyment watching before. 
Um, even back when I was, uh, even when I was watching the, the, Phil- the Philadelphia Phillies of the late 2000s. But I, I do believe in this type of upcoming season, I do believe there should be some worries if I'm, if I am Klopp or if I'm the, the owners of Liverpool. And it's not how the game went. So I, I fully believe if, Trent Alexander Arnold's playing yesterday. Liverpool win the game. You know, he he and Robertson are their two main cogs in the playmaking force. But when you look at the lineups, and I know Community Shield is a glorified friendly to an extent, but what worries me is Whoa, that... the losing team would say that. <laughs> um what worries me is that you look at the team and comparing the benches, Arsenal's bench is clearly a mixture of senior players and youngsters that should not be on their bench at any point during the season. Whereas at the current moment, Liverpool's bench is who's on the bench right now. Arsenal just... You know, they, I don't believe they had any injuries, and if they did, I'm not sure which ones they were. But right now, in this type of year, Liverpool's bench, is it's scary. The depth is, is terrifying. At the moment, Henderson's out, and I hate saying it, but Henderson will get hurt again. He's continuously, as much as I enjoy watching him, he does happen to get hurt. Uh, same as Oxlade-Chamberlain, he gets hurt. It's just something that happens. You got Nabi Keita, who has gotten hurt every year. Milner gets hurt every year. These are guys who, when they have them all healthy, it's great. But I just don't think it's going to happen. And starting with the midfield, their only senior backup that was playing yesterday was Nabi Keita. They had, on the bench, they had a few other midfielders, one being Marco Grujic, who was Klopp's first signing. He has eight senior appearances, and he's been on loan the last three years. Curtis Jones, who is Adam Lallana's replacement, but Adam Lallana was only occasionally playing last year, so he's just kind of in a developmental stage. Uh, Then you look at the defense, and they did send out three-fourths of their strongest defense, but that's because at this point, they didn't have another center back. Their third center back was Fabinho. And their fourth was 17-year-old Philippe Cometio, who's a, a French youngster who, out of the blue, came up with the team this year, pretty much. He would never train first team until this offseason. And they had to move Fabinho to the center back role when they took off Nico Williams, who also really struggled and is their main competition at right back. At attack with Arigi hurt and Shakiri hurt, their only attackers were Minamino, who did look great. He probably was one of the best players yet, uh, yesterday. And then you had Brewster, who apparently they didn't have enough faith in to bring on until the 91st minute in order to, to take a penalty when he could have come on a little sooner to maybe make a difference and see if he can take over that backup role. Well, I mean, I think they just brought him on to take the penalty. I don't think they they did did not trust him for earlier. I think that maybe he just wanted to, you know, have him give his first touch as a, (laughs) as the penalty, I guess. (laughs) It's just, it, it, it's a little, it is a little scary because I, I fully am aware of, you know, the Phillies, sorry, the (laughs) Liverpool. They won the league last year, 18 points. They won it. Yeah, the Phillies didn't get close to winning the league. No, the Phillies <laughs> did not. But uh, they, they won the league, and they won it so early. And I know um, we saw that stat that they've only won 43% of their games since February. And it's it's been a consistent issue since the start of the new year that teams are starting to play them differently. They are becoming literally just putting all 11 players behind behind the Liverpool off uh, attack. And when that happens, they they can't rely on their normal tactics. They need to start bringing in some players that either challenge or players that can can do something different, which is where Thiago is such a 
would be such a great signing for them is he does give them something they don't have. They don't have a playmaking midfielder of his caliber. Keita could get there, but he's not there yet. Thiago would give them something down the middle where teams would have to start worrying about what's going to happen if they can't get down the wings with Robertson and Trent. Because if you watch Arsenal, I don't think Arsenal were scared at any moment when Wijnaldum had the ball, when Fabinho had the ball, when Milner had the ball. They, they're they great players. I, They are, but they're not going to do anything in the middle attack-wise. So you don't have to worry about them threading a pass down the middle to Firmino. You don't have to worry about them making that incredible pass as Salah's down the wing. You just have to hope that you get a get a hold of Robertson when he's there. It 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 is a little worrisome watching it and watching teams watching teams bring in players. I don't I'm not gonna say many of the players that have been signed would start for Liverpool, but there is a difference in depth right now, I believe, with the, the other top teams. And if it reaches to a point where you get those five substitutions I don't think they can compete with City, especially if Messi gets there. And I, I do think Chelsea is going to give them a good run because I, I just see the, the comparison in depth is is just too far right now. It, they don't have it. And it, it's, it's a scary time to watch it because you know Liverpool have all the chance to make their team a continuous force that they've been the last few years. And maybe things just go the best way they can and players come back healthy. And if they are healthy, I do still think Liverpool are one of the top two teams, but I don't think teams are going to be overly consistent with their health this year with how everything's going. And they just need, they need a few players. They need an attacker. They need, honestly, they need one at each spot. They need an attacker. They need a midfielder and they need a defender. And if they don't, it's going to, be a little worrisome on my end if they don't get at least two of those because the first possible injury is just going to, is really going to bring them down. Logan, your thoughts on the community shield. I know you said you were able to watch it. I missed a good chunk of it yesterday with, you know, household chores as I was, uh, I missed both of the goals. Uh, I had to catch highlights for them, but Logan, what was your thoughts on how, both these teams looked. Arsenal is king of Wembley in recent times and looked to be loving life under Mikel Arteta. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I, and I was looking back, and I'm going to go more to Arsenal um, since Matt clearly uh, understands Liverpool's um, struggles as much. Um, but I, it was interesting to look back because uh, they were mentioning how well they had played underneath Arteta as of late. So since they've switched to that formation, uh, 3-4-3, um, they've played 11 games, 11 of the last 12 games they've played in that formation. They've won nine of the 11. They've beaten Man City, Liverpool twice, Chelsea, um, and very, you know, and reasonably, they killed Man City. Um, they, they've handled Liverpool pretty well on the counter. David Luiz looks like a whole different player when he's been in that back three. Um, so I think when you look at the formation and you look at, the way Arsenal played, um, I, I give a lot of credit to Arsenal. I, I mean, I wouldn't put it all on Liverpool's um, inabilities as much as I would put it on. I mean, Arteta seems to have figured out what formation they're comfortable in. How can they get out and run on the counter? And when you got Aubameyang, um, uh, uh, you know, anywhere up top, uh, he's just a threat. I mean, you can't stop him. Um, he's been, you know, fantastic over the last couple of games. Um, and when you look at it, I mean. They, they finally figure out, uh, you know, what works for them. And I think it it, it poses some concern for the rest of the league, I think, so, you know, to an extent. I think they will be challenging some teams that I didn't think they would challenge just because ever since I've watched, Arsenal's been just kind of, a, you know, chaos um, and, and really just disappointment. But I think you if you look at Arsenal and you look at the way they've played, um, they've played against the champions and they played probably as well as they could have now. Obviously, Liverpool's got like a CVS long list of people that are hurt, you know, like the receipts. Um, <laughs> and I think that has a lot to do with it. But I think 
Liverpool just, you know, like Matt said, I think Liverpool played it to where they just don't have enough guys. They don't have enough bodies. I mean, if you look half their, you know, the two of their best, probably four players are out. Um, and it's, it's really tough to win a game like that, um, especially coming after a restart. Arsenal, you know, has played well. So that, that's just a really rough matchup for them. Um, and plus, you don't want to get anybody else hurt because if they, you know, anybody else gets hurt, Matt's going to have to play. Um, and I don't know how his skills are. If he's in good shape, but pretty sure he plays for Inter Milan. No, uh, <laughs> if <laughs> if you see me playing soccer, then somebody got something really wrong. <laughs> oh, geez. Moving on from the Community Shield, uh, just to our last bit here. This week starts the UEFA Nations League on Thursday. Uh, through Tuesday, uh, before the start of the season uh, proper for the Premier League. Uh, I just picked a game each day here to kind of highlight some big matchups. Thursday, September 3rd, Germany versus Spain. That's on ESPN2. Friday, Netherlands versus Poland. That's on TUDN, uh, which is, I butchered the way you say that, but it's a Univision uh, sports channel. Uh, Saturday, Sweden versus France. Sunday, Germany versus Switzerland. Monday has Netherlands versus Italy. And here's a good one for Tuesday. France versus Croatia, which is a replay of the World Cup 2018 final. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, so I'll hopefully be able to catch a few of those. Uh, I think most of them are going to be on ESPN just due to um, them having the UEFA rights. So... Uh, but n not all of these had channels listed on the app I was using. So hopefully uh, we'll get a clearer schedule as we go. It seems like we've locked in our fantasy league for our draft for uh, the English Premier League. So we'll be doing a draft of that on Saturday the 5th. So uh, should we try to record that, guys? Like just, just us three, like drafting players and commentating who got who and... Just uh, have some fun with it. Yeah, I'm up for it. Because <laughs> that could be interesting. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. wait to see. What was that? Yeah, we can do that. I'm up for it. Cool. So if you guys are interested in that, uh, that'd probably be up the following day, just if you want to see who who got who as we as we go here. I can't wait to see who gets first pick. Uh, hopefully not Logan, since he's the commissioner of the league. I feel like that'd be kind of rigged. <laughs> It'd be like Pep getting uh, Messi on his team to win the Champions League. <laughs> It'd be like the commissioner, you know, not I'm letting Messi get into the league and then yeah. <laughs> waiting until I can get up in the morning to put him on my team. I'm already um, dealing with injuries and in fantasy American football. Oh, geez. Yeah, I have my draft for that on Tuesday. So I guess we'll see how that goes. All right. Well, that is that about wraps up our show here. Just about an hour long today, as we only had one game to cover. Uh, so I guess maybe next week we'll have the fantasy one up. We'll probably also sometime next week or or week and a half do our preview show for the Premier League, which is coming soon, which will give our top fours, our relegated teams, uh, you know, kind of stuff like that. Uh, maybe gold and boot winners, manager of the year, that kind of stuff. We can kind of just predict that stuff, I guess, and see how that goes. But uh, that, that about wraps us up. So thanks, everybody, for listening to our show. If you want to contact us and say you are completely wrong about this messy situation, Jordan, or you want to give Matt some shtick for being pro Barcelona on this end, you can contact us on Twitter at stoppage show, facebook.com slash stoppage time soccer show, email us stoppage time show at gmail.com or Instagram us at stoppage time soccer show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. You have heard from Logan Stump and Matt Hargrove. Have a great rest of your week. Kane has stolen him to death. That's what he's there for. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective. We'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.